Eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. It's too beautiful to be indoors. I don't know where you are. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Tony Katz. Great to be with you. That is Fingers Malloy, and we are reviewing the Baker's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, seven years at 107 proof. We always start with the drink, kind of break it down. Where are we? What are we all about? I am not a bourbon expert. I am a bourbon lover, much more a fan of the craft than I am of actually some of the bourbons, but it's about kind of exposing people to new things, exposing ourselves to new things, not to each other. Put your pants on. And really trying something unique and different. So this is the Baker's. Just take the bottle fingers. Just take the whole thing. The first time anyone's ever said that to me. You know, usually we're in studio or we're inside our favorite cigar lounge, but it's just too beautiful not to be outdoors. So that's what we're doing. This is 107 proof, age seven years. The mash bill on this thing is 77% corn, 13% rye, and 10% malted barley. Bourbon is always 51% corn. It's an American charred oak barrels, first use, and can only be uh, diluted with water to change the proof. It can't have any other uh, thing messing with it. That's not bourbon at that point. It can be classified as other things, but not as bourbon. Baker's comes from the Jim Beam people, which I think people don't know. You go back to, what was it, 92 or 95? Yeah, like they were like first to it. Like the, the Beam guys were the first to saying like, you know what? We we see craft and we see story as something that's very important, and they started creating uh, different different brands, different flavor profiles, getting into that more smaller batch uh, kind of feel, which is now the 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 standard. So this is this is Baker's B A K E R apostrophe S. I actually love the bottle. It's like an old school medicine bottle, yeah. like like you'd see it from the apothecary. By the way, Apothecary, put that down your bingo card. Things you won't hear on normal normal shows. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful look right here. Now, the seven-year on this on Baker's is actually a minimum seven years. On this bottle, it has been barrel-aged eight years, six months. That, according to the bottle. So it went into the barrel in January of 2011. I was going to say, it smells more like an eight-year. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's how we do it. We do it neat. When we try it, we do it neat, and it's really two sips. And some people talk about, it, it, do they call it the Kentucky Chew? The Memphis Munch. It is not. <laughs> uh, and it's about the idea of, of getting your, your palate set. So a lot of people, they'll like take a sip, and, and it'll be either too harsh, it'll sting the tongue. Like Sometimes it'll burn the tongue, sometimes it'll sting the tip of the tongue. And then it's like, what does it do to the back of the throat, the chest, things like that? Take the first sip, and then move it to the side. Let it kind of get your mouth oriented to what it is you're about to do. Because people who – the worst is people who don't drink bourbon, right? They'll, they'll just – they'll take the sip and be like, oh, too much for me. No, you can't. You can't do this. We, uh, when we're doing the, the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast, about two years of doing the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. And, and you can find that wherever fine podcasts are sold. And those first bourbons, even when I think of, of you and I fingers doing it, it was like, okay, that's rough. And then as you listen to those podcasts later, the podcast, you're like, oh, this isn't bad. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is, is that we had different reactions to what we were doing. I never really had that reaction to the bourbon we were drinking and you were. Uh, and that's the way I felt about the cigars. 
Right, because I was just starting to get back into cigar mm-hmm. smoking, where I would have a, a mild to medium cigar and think to myself, "Oh wow, that's really knocking me on my butt." And you're like, "Oh please, right?" Because because my my background in terms of the thing that I love the most it is the cigars. I adore cigars, the art of cigars, the art of rolling, how those histories come about. I mean, just using it as an example, if you like, you know, people know cigars, they know Padron, right? And Padron makes great cigars, whether they're the the, the thousand series, right, the five thousand, the, the four thousand, and the seven thousand and something like that and then they make the 1926 to 1964 but do you know the story of the little hammer which is there on the label that's a great incredible story i'll get to it another time the story of of the little hammer but no i was never much of a drinker never much of a drinker you um, a little more than me Functioning alcoholic. No, we'll say that. No, 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 no. Don't say anything I, like you're that saying whatsoever. I'm not functioning. Mike, that, <laughs> was, that has been bleeped out. So we do it uh, neat, and then we have a large cube side that we can bring it to. So let's, let's talk nose on this, uh, on this bourbon right here uh, on the bakers. Um, it's actually very, very pleasant. Sometimes you'll find a nose that's incredibly medicinal. Sometimes you'll find a nose that's really a single note, often a vanilla, often a, a, a caramel. This... This is big on baking spice, right? So if you think cinnamons and you think, you know, uh, Christmas cookies, I, I, that's where I would go uh, on this. A little oak, too? Um, yes. Well done. Well played. You know, and then you, you have a little bit of vanilla. I think that for some, they'll discuss it uh, as, as being maybe, maybe a touch medicinal. I, compared to some other things, I don't think so, though. I think it's actually very sweet. And very fine. So I'm going to take a sip of water, kind of cleanse the... Pa- it's, like, it's like a sorbet. Are you already drinking? Should I spill out my chiclets? Yes, please. No, I've not had a, a sip Here we yet. go. Here we go. So, so we actually do it. This is, this is no joke. We, we review it for you here on Eat, Drink, Smoke. Here we go. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the first sip. We do it right there for you. Breathe, fingers. Are you okay? You got to do another one. You got to let it wash over you. Well, this yeah. hits mid tongue is where it hits. It did not burn on going down. You feel a touch of it at the top of the chest right now. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get a sense of what the notes are on the palate. And, and there, there, there is that mild sting that you get. Uh, I've read up on this, and it, it's uh, some people claim that there is uh, an, actually a hint of peanut, and I'm not getting that. It, there's a spice to it. But I can't put my finger on exactly well, the guys, what it is. The guys over at BreakingBourbon.com talk about it as having a healthy hit of brown sugar sweetness. I think they're on to something, actually. I think there is a real sweetness that's here. Um, the, the, the baking spice, I think, also still exists. And by the way, we will be talking about... There are really great blogs out there on bourbon. Really good stuff that you could, you don't have to be reading like religiously. You don't have to put yourself in pain to learn about bourbon, but as a casual thing, you know, uh, give it a read. Guys are doing really great work. And I don't even, I don't know the guys at breakingbourbon.com. And then, and so we're all clear at Eat, Drink, Smoke, it's about trying things. It's about uh, experimenting with things and sharing what we like and what we don't like. I look to experts myself. To kind of figure out, well, well, what is it that we're really dealing with? Why are these things different? What happened with this oak in the barrel? Because everybody who's making bourbon is dealing with first-use American charred oak, but yet they're getting these incredibly different flavor profiles out of them. And so why is that? So we do go uh, to, to experts for it. Um, they also call the finish having a heat. Now, maybe everyone's got a different terminology. 
Uh, the, I don't know if that's a heat, but 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 I would say burn. I still feel it throughout the chest, the really? upper and the middle. Absolutely, you don't at all. I didn't feel the burn going down. I did get, going down. No, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I did, and I didn't feel a burn in my chest after. But I did get more of a sting on the tip of the tongue, and you know, you said it was more in the middle of the tongue for you, right? Uh, but I. I'll tell you what. What's the price point on this? Do you okay. know? So that's a good question. Now, every place is going to be different. So wherever you live in the country, it's going to be a little different. The price point is $59 a bottle. And at $59, for me, this is a yes. But I can get for other people, they're going to look for it on sale. Right. Right? You Once you get into that over 50, you got to have a love affair going on. Now, if you've got a couple of friends and you want to try something out... Great thing to try. All right, the guys are over, or or, or the, the family friends are over. And by the way, the ladies are over, too. Hello, ladies. Uh, uh, you know, everybody tries it like a book club. You, you do it as your bourbon <laughs> club, and everyone gets together. Trust me, the books get way more interesting. Um, so it's in that I'm not sure range on the pricing. But the flavor profile is nice because it's more than just a one-hit wonder, right? There's a couple of things uh, going on uh, with this. You put it on the cube. I put it on the cube. Right? Well, I listen, I like to try it neat, but uh, I'm just the type of person that I, I don't like warm beverages. So I always – it's a, a natural reaction to me to put it on the cube. And that sometimes I know that would be uh, sacrilegious to some people when it comes to drinking bourbon. I think you got to do it. The way you do it. Out of Jim Beam, uh, this is the Baker's uh, seven years minimum, 107 proof. Uh, it does. It has a couple. I think that baking spice, I think that vanilla in there, that oak you're talking about, that is, oh, that's enjoyable. I'm not moving it to the cube just yet. I, I think I think we got a little more talking to do before I even think of moving this thing around. Eat, drink, smoke. Keep it here. So summer grilling season uh, upon us. Eat, drink, smoke, everybody. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. On Twitter, go eat, drink, smoke is where you find it. You can find us on Twitter as well. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I tell you that I very much love the idea of grilling, but I find myself in that category of people who cannot figure out how to find the time to properly grill. I'm impatient. I don't want to actually go through the, the, the pain. And that's the difference. The difference between the people who are good at this and the people who are like, why can't I grill, is the willingness to go through the pain. Uh, and you get to conversations like this one, thedailymeal.com. How long does it take to grill hot dogs? And the answer is, well, if you were born in Brooklyn like I was, who's grilling? They were boiled. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, good God. You never had a dirty water hot dog oh, in New York before? Oh. Tell me you've never gotten a hot dog out of a cart before. I've never gotten a hot dog out of a cart before. Are you kidding? I've, I've had a hot dog at ballparks, and a lot of times those are boiled, uh, but not on a cart, uh, out of a cart in New York City. Like a dream. Like a dream. I have had relationships that weren't as good as a hot dog from a cart in the middle, in the middle of the city, for sure. But, but that very question, just that they would ask the question, how long does it take to grill a hot dog? Well, hot dogs are already cooked, right, in the right. most part. So it's, it's not even a how, – how long do you want it? But those kinds of things get into the whole rare, medium, well-done thing. And I will tell you, just in case uh, – be angry with me if you will. There's no such thing as well-done on a steak. There's no such thing as well-done on a burger. It's a heresy. It's simply wrong. It is not the way nature intended it to be. But you just went through fingers. Fingers Malloy is your name. 
that's by the way uh, your given name. Uh, what 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 a baptism you had. May Thank I say, you. everybody Thank was you. so proud of that name. Actually, it's not my real name. My real name is Fingers McGillicuddy. You just went through the entire insanity of buying a grill, and we have been arguing this because <sighs> arguing how you find American-made, and then, well, what if you can't because you look at grills, you sometimes don't know where they are, and then it was the conversation of propane or natural gas or pellet, and then you said, I don't want any of that. Right? Right. You, went to, you went charcoal. Right. I found a grill that works like a pellet grill but uses charcoal, which is absolutely fantastic. It, I've, I've only had it for three weeks. It is the best grill I've ever cooked on. Nothing else comes close to it. Now, we're not giving the name because no. they're not sponsors of the right, show yet. But they should be. So, <laughs> so that's it. Now, does everybody understand the, the differences between uh, the, the, the grills, right? So uh, propane is what you're used to, right? You attach the propane tank, you turn it on, it's got the coils, the heat uh, comes up. Same thing with, with natural gas. Charcoal is what you're used to at, at the tailgate, right? You, you, you spray the, uh, the lighter fluid on. I don't even know you're supposed to do that anymore. <laughs> and then what you want them to do is the coals you know, catch, and then what you want them to do is to be able to get that white hot. Right, that's right? where you have to be patient. Yeah, because you can't just you don't want it with that. You want that. You want the heat. You don't want the flame. That's right. the per- isn't that? Am I yes? Right? No, that's exactly right. And especially if you're using lighter fluid, if you put your food on too soon before your coals go white, and you're you're cooking on a flame, you're tasting lighter fluid, and you don't want that. And then there's the pellet grill, which has really taken off in the past few years. A pellet grill is basically a wood burning convection oven, yeah. right? That's and that's how it's uh, described uh, by. Uh, uh, pitsandspits.com. I thought that was a great, great way to think of it. Now, I have had people give me love-hate relationships about the pellet grill in that they love its ease of use. They love being able to control the temperature. But if you live in cold-weather climates, like we come to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, that, that's our home, um, in the winter, it doesn't get hot enough to do certain things. Right. The other thing, too, about pellet grills, and, and you know this because you're a cook, uh, you're, you you know your way around a, a kitchen. Uh, you cannot in a lot of t- a lot of times on some pellet grills you can't sear anything because uh, a lot of these pellet grills will only get up to 400, 450 degrees, and you really need the grill to get a little bit now, by the hotter way, than that. I was reading the blog part of, of what is a pellet grill from pitsandspits.com. They make pellet grills, so right. I've already broken my own rule about sharing <laughs> these things. Uh, they should be advertisers too, right? Um, I don't know what's best because I know people who swear up and down by the little green egg. Right. The big green egg. It's the green, green egg. egg. It's the big – and I get it. They actually do something called Egg Fest at one of the local hardware stores here. And it's like 40 uh, guys come out and the food's incredible. But you can get these things up to outrageous temperatures. We're going to bring some people in to talk about this stuff specifically in, 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 the, in the shows ahead. But, like, that also takes a tremendous amount of time and I don't – I don't, I don't know. I can't bring myself to dedicate myself to the way I need well, let to me, do Well, let it. me give you an example. Before we got to recording today, I barbecued some burgers, and I did a res- reverse sear method on the burgers. I put them on this grill at 225 degrees and cooked How them. How big was the burger? Half pound. Okay. And Anything in it or just straight meat? Uh, just straight meat, 80-20. 
and I had a probe in there, and that because everybody at the house they like their burgers without any pink in it, drives me crazy. But okay, I'll you know they're kids, so <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Teach them young. Internal Teach them young. internal temperature of 145 degrees. Pulled the burgers off, cranked the grill up to 600 degrees. Got a reverse. Uh, got a sear on them. Uh, 90 seconds on both sides. Unbelievably fantastic i'm just a great burger but you have to be patient Tony. you have to be patient i'm not so the question of of how long do you how long do you cook a hot dog right how long does it take to grill a hot dog uh whatever you're in the mood for i will tell you that yes i appreciate the dirty water hot dog from the from the street (laughs) from the cart there on, on the street corner but a hot dog must have char on it yeah if you're if you're going to grill it it has to have you have to see it, and you have to be able to taste it. Otherwise, I don't know what the point is. And it has to be well, all beef, too, right? Well, well, yes. And, and, and not just because, you know, I was born Jewish. Right. It, it's, it's because it ha- it's, I think it's better. I think it's better. By the way, I mean, I'm going to talk plenty of pork chops. I have, I have no, there's going to be a lot of bacon conversation right. coming your way. Uh, but, no, I do think it has to be all beef. I really and truly do. Uh, but I, I, that, that whole concept, right, is, is – What's the point? I, I, if you're cooking it just to just to get heat, just to get a little bit of sweat out of the dog, I I don't know. I, I find myself kind of lost on that. No, as well. I think you have to have it charred. And I sometimes when I'm in a, uh, a hurry at home, I'll throw it in a frying pan because I can't I can't do boiled. But microwave hot dogs are the worst. I mean, it just it tastes gross. To I don't me. think I've ever microwaved a hot dog. You don't want to. I don't. No, I don't. I I don't think I want to. But if you happen to have a cart, just wheel by my house. <laughs> And, and I'll take care of you. Uh, what are your favorite grills? Let, let us know, and we will talk about them, because I want to learn more and more about them. Go Eat, Drink, Smoke on Twitter is where you go. Tell us about grills that you're using, experiences that you're having, what I need to check out and try. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy, and this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's the Baker's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, the seven years minimum, 107 proof. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz on Twitter at Tony Katz. That's K-A-T-Z. That's where you find me. Fingers Malloy is with me. You can find him on Twitter at Fingers Malloy, M-A-L-L-O-Y. It's just that easy to do. Uh, now, I got to tell you, I'm enjoying the Baker's quite a bit. I still have not moved it to a cube. We always do it neat and then bring it to a large rock if we want. 107 proof. Uh, as uh, I, I said, uh, mash bill, 77% corn, 13% rye, and 10% malted barley and Baker's coming from that Jim Beam distillery. I The baking spice thing has really taken to me, right? And it's not that it's a... You can argue that it's a touch of cinnamon, right? You can argue that, but really, it's a, it's 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 a little bit more than that. It's a little more for me, almost sugar cookie, uh, that's going on, and that could be those hints of vanilla that are, that are making their way in. This runs about fifty eight, fifty nine dollars a bottle. Some places, I'm sure you can find a fifty five. Is it in my liquor cabinet? <laughs> It, there's no reason for it not to be. It's just I just don't know how I feel about spending near 60 bucks on the bottle. So I'm looking for it on sale uh, for, for sure. Or it's a great gift. It's a world-class gift. And for people who know, it's a world-class gift. But I, it, just like so many different bourbons, you got you to gotta take that first sip. You got to let it work it, what it does on the tongue, that sting. For me, it was a sting on the mid-tongue uh, and then a little bit of heat. In, in, the, in the chest, and it's a full heat for me, in the mid-chest and the top of the chest uh, as well. But right now, 
it has mellowed for me fine. You have it on the cube. I love it on the cube. Love it on the cube. It's opened up. It's taken a little bit of that sting away. I think you should try it. You think I should? Yes. Oh, I'm gonna. All right. So I'll pour out the melted water, and I'll pour what I have left onto the cube right here. Uh, let's get to some news going on there. News of the week. Fingers Malloy. Uh, this is this is your part of the show. Oh, I am. Well, uh, thank you. Wait till my mom <laughs> finds out. So Zoom, you know, has become really popular, Tony. Uh, especially, it seems like during the coronavirus epidemic. Uh, People have been doing Zoom the happy online hours. Meeting service yes. and all that jazz. So, you know, they've gone from 10 million users to 30 million users or 300 million users in just a matter of months. Well, there's a lot of controversy now around Zoom because uh, they closed the account of a group of prominent U.S. based Chinese activists after they held a Zoom event commemorating the 31st anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre. Yeah, this is so Zoom already had issues because people were hacking in. Right. And then people were doing weird stuff, naked stuff on on Zoom. I didn't know that many people spent that much time naked. I had I had clearly didn't get the memo. But there was questions about their security protocols and questions about whether or not your meeting was really safe when utilizing Zoom because of this hacking ability. Well, this is a this is a really a different conversation. Uh, here, right? So you've got the security concerns, you've got the concerns about the relationship with China, and then you have this, you have people commemorating, now Tiananmen Square was 31 years ago, you know it is Tank Guy, right? The guy who stood in front of the tanks and stopped that line right. of 13 tanks from coming. Well, that was demonstrations that have been going on from students about freedom. It had been going on for days, almost a month, and they, there, there were a million people in Tiananmen Square, and you don't even know the real numbers of all the people who, you know, maybe lost their lives uh, because of this. You only know that guy, that tank guy, as he's known. So Zoom, in order to acquiesce to China, decided that these people having these meetings weren't allowed to have the meetings. And man, that's enough to turn people off. And I think so it should be, right? And this goes into so many of those conversations about what we're seeing on on social media platforms and cancel culture and everything else. What what is their job? What is their purpose? Right? Is there is their purpose to supply a platform where people can engage in conversations or just really snark on people as they do? <laughs> or is it to decide, you know, we're the arbiters of what's acceptable and isn't acceptable, what's true and 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 not. And then well, they decide certain people can't have a voice. And if you want to argue it's their company, they can do what they want. You're certainly right. It's their company. They can do what they want. The question I think we should be asking is, should this be what we want? Is this what they should want? Because I can't imagine that anybody is is really going down the line of, you know, less free speech is better. I, I, can't, I can't pick a right of ours. They were like, less is more. Right. And people questioned whether this actually happened. And Zoom did come out. A spokesman did say that the account had been closed, quote, to comply with local law. So basically, they... Local Chinese local law? Local Chinese law. Well, yeah. I'm curious to see where, where their stock goes. Now, a full disclosure, I am the worst stock guy in the world. Do n- never, never listen to me about stocks. Just, just don't. Oh, I'm a stock expert. Are you? I just poured all of my money into Enron. Looking forward oh. to getting great returns oh. on that. Oh, congratulations to you. Looks like you're going to be buying a lot of a lot of bakers. <laughs> I, I see that. Uh, the next story. Uh, are you a Grubhub guy? Uh, yes, especially in coronavirus. Grubhub and DoorDash. Never Uber Eats. 
I never did Uber Eats. I don't, I don't know why, but Grubhub and oh, DoorDash. You didn't yes. have a position against Uber Eats. You didn't no, want to do it. Just... No, 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 not per se. Okay, well, on Thursday, a company Just Eat Takeaway said it's proposed a $6 billion takeover of Grubhub to create a transatlantic giant that would give it up uh, in the upper ha- give it the upper hand in the online food delivery market. So th- going back to Uber Eats, Uber tried to buy Grubhub because Uber Eats is third tier compared to the other two. And they tried to buy it and then there were antitrust issues so they weren't allowed to and that's what brought in this group called Just Eat Takeaway uh, on, on this near 7 billion dollar deal. I don't get it. Now, Uber, I get. Lyft, I get. They're a taxi company, and they don't even own a taxi. That's freaking brilliant. Right. You want to talk about disruptive technology. This is remarkable. But this is delivery stuff. And so what I don't – I, I shouldn't say I don't get it. I, what I'm surprised by – maybe the better word is, is surprise. What I'm surprised by is how so many people are willing to pay the $3.99 additional fee or the $5.99 additional fee or whatever it is, they will gladly pay it for the convenience. And the driver somehow between whatever they get on that fee and the tip, and if, I don't know if you've done that. Do you do it? Have you ever done Grubhub? Uh, I, I have. and it, The tip amount that they have preset is so huge. Right. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I love you, but no, no, no. That'll be $5. For, for dropping off the pizza from the pizzeria as opposed to when I do a normal pizza delivery. And you, who even knows if you tip $5? The tip number they've got is like in the $12, $14 range. Right. I'm paying the delivery fee and everything else. That's why I'm saying I don't, I don't quite get it. I don't quite get how these services can be so popular and, making, and, and worth the $7 billion. But I say that knowing full well, man, people using them. All over the place, and I and I, and I am. I'm the I'm the proof that what my argument it doesn't matter because people love it. Well, and I will admit the times I've used it, it's been superior. Well, apparently superior. in the U.S. you got Grubhub, you got DoorDash, Uber, and then something called Postmates, which I've never heard of before. All of them, all four of those companies, made losses in 2019. So it makes you wonder. First of all, these services have deep pockets apparently to keep funding right. their business operations. You know, year after year after losses. But how much of the their money goes into technology that uh, this service can't make money? I mean, because it's basically just people getting on their phone and then delivery drivers. It, it's amazing to me that these can go year after year making not making money any money. Well, maybe it, it, it's you know sometimes it's about users and it's not about dollars. There's a whole mathematics yeah. uh, to that. But again, I've used the services, and I think they've been very, very good. I think, I think the delivery drivers have all been excellent. I've never once said, oh, my gosh, what a terrible delivery. I thought they were all in the up and up and solid. I just don't – $7 billion kind of blows my mind. I think right now is that people are spending during coronavirus, and some people lost their jobs, and some people are coming back to half work as the country figures out how it's going to re- reopen, and, and that's a whole different conversation. I've been trying to search out opportunities for the cigar smoker you, that's you know that's my that that's my jam as the kids say uber cigar and uh uber cigar is genius <laughs> except people would think it's like a 14 foot cigar it'll be like a cheech and chong-esque kind of cigar um this from cigar aficionado 15 cigars under eight bucks for the summer uh and it's a pretty uh interesting list. They got the Hoya Black Double Robusto on there. It's Nicaraguan. It was 91 points from Cigar Aficionado at about 8 bucks. All these are about uh, 8 bucks. Uh, what I call the M. Bombay Habano Corona. 
out of Costa Rica, also near eight dollars. Then there's the what, the Hustler series Dog Walker, the seventy two oh four or the seven twenty four. I've never heard of it. The Hustler series Dog Walk. Somebody get me this cigar. The seven twenty four Hustler series Dog Walker. It's like seven bucks. And then there's the Casa Magna. Uh, I think it's Jalapa. Claro Toro Box Press. Casa Magna. There's the, the, the Casa Magna Colorado and the Casa Magna Oscuro. Uh, I think the Oscuro is like one of the great underrated cigars. That was, that was the cigar that actually got me into cigar smoking uh, uh, way back in, in the day. Uh, Nicaraguan, 91 points uh, from Cigar Aficionado. Just some of the ones that, all right, you can, you, you're, not, you're not breaking the bank and you're still being able to enjoy a smoke. I like Casa Magna. I always have. Uh, the Colorado had, has done very well with, with Cigar Aficionado and that, and that, that Oscuro. Just a silver label. I haven't smoked one in a while. So someone now get me two. <laughs> get me that one as well. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke on Twitter at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke. The grift is officially everywhere. I thought it was only the Houston Astros. <laughs> it turns out it's not just the Houston Astros. Tony Katz, Eat, Drink, Smoke. Good to be with you. You can find me at TonyKatz.com, by the way. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z, TonyKatz.com. Outside on a gorgeous day, bringing you the show with Fingers Malloy, Indianapolis, Indiana. Blend Bar Cigar here in Indianapolis. BlendBarCigar.com. Appreciate them. The New York Yankees are now being looked at for a cheating scandal, for scamming people. Fingers Malloy, you are, are the king of keeping an eye on the scammers. And as people know, Fingers Malloy is the official founder of Scam Pack. That's right. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a public action committee, or a political action committee, I should say, that really helps people get their scam on. Right. We want to affect change in this country uh, by people <laughs> donating to us so we can buy a beach house. At least we're being honest with people by saying... Great American. Great just American. donate for our beach house. So the Houston Astros were cheating during their World Series run. And so what they had... Correct me if I'm wrong, Fingers Malloy. Right, I mean, you you're a baseball fan, but you're a Detroit Tigers fan. So what do you what do you really know from good baseball? That's right? hurtful. They, well, they've had good years. They were just in the World Series not too long ago. Is that right? Well, we're not talking about the Detroit Lions. Oh, true enough. True enough. We're not talking about the Detroit Lions. That's absolutely correct. Uh, the the Houston Astros were doing a thing where they were stealing signs, and they had a thing where they were like. Were they banging on a garbage can? Yes, they were banging on a garbage can. Listen, first of all, every team steals signs. You That's think so? nothing. Oh, yeah, 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 well, the they, players who are playing the game steal right. signs. Of course you are. Yeah, if you're advantage. on second base and you think you know what the next pitch is going to be, you'll do something to alert the, the batter that, okay, I think it's a fastball, to give them a tip. But they were using cameras in the outfield, and then they were banging on a garbage pail if it was a fastball or an off-speed pitch. And then that's how they're, and that's way, 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 way over the line. So, I mean, th- just the, the outrage. And by the way, has baseball screwed it up so incredibly this season? Because they're now arguing over dollars about whether or not to come back. And people are like, just bring back sports. We've had three months of nothing. You know, whatever you want to say about football and whatever you want to say about basketball, they at least figured out they got to start or they got to come back and do this. And baseball is just, just hosing the fans. Left and right, it's it's just madness. Uh, but the Yankees 
they, going back to 2017, they may have been involved in another one of these sign-stealing kind of programs. It was the New York Post uh, with uh, the story. It's that the Yankees used modern technology for old-school benefits, and this is from uh, Mark Teixeira. Uh, saying this, he 2009-2016 said a few Yankees players and coaches used replay monitors to decipher a sequence or indicator and would share it with teammates, though not in real time. So is that the same as basically what the... Because the, the Astros are doing it like in real time as you're playing the They're game. They're doing it in you real time. You hear the bangs on, whatever, the, on the garbage can. It's, it, it reminds me a lot of the Patriots scandal. They were using, oh, they're guilty, by the way. Yeah, right. They're using video to steal signs. You're always trying to steal signs. I don't know if people know what an indicator is, but for those who don't know what an indicator is, when you see a catcher or you see a third base coach uh, doing a whole bunch of signs, I'm rubbing my shoulder on third base uh, coach, and then I'm touching my hat, they will have an indicator which will say to the, the runner at first base or the batter, okay, uh, the next sign will be what we want to do. So say the indicator would be I'm touching my nose, and then the next sign is what we're going to do. So if I touch my nose and say we know ahead of time that if I grab my belt, it's a hit and run. Same thing with a catcher. A catcher will say, okay, after the third, uh, if I give you three fingers, the next pitch will be the next sign. Managers, coaches, they're trying to steal signs, but they aren't using technology. And this is the difference here. Is this as bad as the Astros? No, but it's pretty bad. Right. I, I just, I, I'm stunned at the amount baseball punches themselves in the face again and again and again. Now, there are people who will tell you, and athletes who tell you, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Right. Right? That's, that's it. It's just a, a, about winning. You know, I'm pretty sure Lance Armstrong feels terrible about doing all those steroids, but he didn't give back any of the money. Right. Right? He doesn't care that he destroyed Greg LeMond and the rest of his teammates. Right? And anybody else, he, he still has the money. He still says, well, at least there was Cheryl Crow, right? right? He's still doing all of that, right? You know, it, I, I guess just just win, baby, win. You know, going full Al Davis is the way to go. That brings us to Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon supposedly involved in a scam. She's got a clothing company. This is the actress, the producer. She's she's done very well as a producer in TV. Um, uh, Big Little Lies, I think, is her, and some movies and things like that. So she's got a clothing company. Reese Witherspoon puts out on social media as a way to thank teachers for their efforts. She's going to give uh, everybody a, a dress. But the dresses were limited to 250. It was while supplies last. In the meanwhile, they got a million people who said, we accept the offer. So they basically gained a million followers and got a, a, a million uh, 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 emails, if you will. And they gave away 250 dresses, and now people are like, what the hell is this? And I think they're right. I actually think that they're right. Even if that wasn't the starting you know, intention, you got to admit, you told teachers you're going to give them a free dress, and then, oh, no, 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 no. Nah, we, we only had 250. And I'm really getting upset how much spam I'm getting from them now. <laughs> I thought I would look pretty. Uh, no, I, it, on top of it, I guess the dresses retail... For about $150. So to add insult to injury, they throw that out there saying, hey, we're going to give people dresses. Oh, 
shoot, we, we don't have enough. It was while supplies last. And now what? You're going to start sending these teachers ads for dresses that cost, say, $150? As one person pointed out on social media, I'm a teacher. I can't afford a $150 dress. Right. So uh, page six, which is uh, part of the New York Post, reported that the company would be contributing funds to donors choose to be put towards resources such as books, notebooks, pencils, art supplies, activity kits, and food, all shipped directly to their students' homes. Well, it's not about the teacher either. You were trying to do this for teachers, and then you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Here, kid, have yourself a backpack. (laughs) That'll make it all better, right? That's... Everybody is so trying to be so woke and so nice and so here. Look, we're all in this together. Can just just open things up and stop. Just stop and 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 don't sing Imagine to us. Remember how this all started with that whole celebrity video of everybody singing Imagine, right. and then everyone was like, "What's what's wrong with you? You're singing Imagine from your twelve thousand square foot mansion. I live in a two bedroom condo with three kids." Yeah. That a lot of the virtue signaling from celebrities was getting really old. When you when you're hearing celebrities say "stay home, stay home," look at how easy it is for me to stay home. And they're in their Olympic sized <laughs> swimming right. pool and their their seven thousand dollar hot tubs. And you know you're talking to somebody who made seven thousand dollars, seventy thousand yeah, right? dollar hot. Tubs. And you're talking to people who are in studio apartments saying, "Just stay home. It's easy." That the, if there's a lot to learn from coronavirus response, everything else. But I am only hoping that the celebrity culture uh, learned about the disconnect. And this is why people get crazy when, you know, there, there's Hollywood, like, preaching to you. Where there's Hollywood trying to, you know, tell you right from wrong. Stop. Stop. You're allowed to have an opinion. Feel free. But don't lecture. Please don't lecture. We're, we're not all in this together. Clearly, we're in this in very different ways. I just don't know how Reese Witherspoon could think, uh, or, or their company could think, you can get away with something like this in the age of social media. Because once it gets out, people are going to slam their account. Right. And done and finished. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, that's Fingers Malloy. And smoking today, the LaFleur Dominicana, this is the Salomon Unico, or the Salomon Unico, or the Salomonis, or it's pronounced a bunch of different ways by a bunch of different people. What I know is, is that you don't see so many cigars like this, because this is the true artistry of a cigar. Now, LaFleur Dominicana is a brand that I love and adore. It was the Airbender. That was the original cigar uh, that got me interested in LaFleur Dominicanas quite a few years ago. And now I smoke a whole a bunch uh, of them. I've had things like the Andalusian Bull. Okay, not bad, but not my favorite from LaFleur Dominicana. They have a cigar uh, the cigar formerly known as, so TCFKA. And the, the story is, is that they had a brand of cigar that, that was, na- they had a name for it, and then that name was taken, so there was some kind of dispute, so now they call it the cigar formerly known as. It's a cigar I love. This is a 7x64, right? So this is 7 inches long, and the ring gauge is, is 64. That means that when you see the 7, when you see the, the number by itself, you sometimes see 6.5 or 5.5, depending on the, the length of the cigar. That's cigar length. 64 refers to the ring gauge, how thick the cigar is 
uh, around, and then they have some kind of uh, different shapes, and you'll see with this one, the the Salomon, uh, how it has it, it's kind of bulbous uh, there uh, at the start at the at the foot where you're lighting it, and then it kind of tapers in a little bit to that cap end where you've cut it and you're smoking from. Now this is a uh, Dominican, so the wrapper, the binder, the filler, all of this is Dominican. So very often when I'm smoking Dominican cigars. What you're, what you gotta get ready for is that pepper, that spice that comes from the Dominican. When I'm smoking out of Nicaragua, let's say the Esteli area, uh, it's much more leathers, woods, dirts. Those are actually the flavors that I tend to the most, the areas that I find myself drifting towards, uh, the, the, the most. But this is just, for me, I don't get an overspice on this whatsoever. What I get on this is actually quite smooth. And quite easy. And, you know, depending on where you go, they will describe this as a uh, medium full or full uh, full bodied kind kind of smoke. Now, for the size, you got to give it time. Is it a full body smoke? I don't have a good answer for you because I have never felt it that way. I don't feel it is a full body smoke at all. I feel it's more in a medium to full than it is in that full like 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 hard edged kind of thing, but so far uh, we did the lighting. I admit I had to give it a bit of a of a retouch to try and keep it even. Fingers, yours is not playing even at all. No, it's not. Uh, and the initial draw, there was a little bit of a struggle too to get it going. Uh, I'm really interested, Tony, in how they got this design on the wrapper. Because yes. it's an unusual look. First of all, so very often if you'll see two different colors, if you will, shades of a wrapper, sometimes it's referred to as a barber pole design, right? The lighter and the darker, and you'll see it through. In this, uh, from, from the people at La Florida Minicana, you actually have designs. So I have got the moon right here. And the way they did the wrapping, they used some of that, that darker leaf to be able to shape a moon directly onto it as part of the wrapper. You have an entire dragon uh, that, that's, that's on there. These are gorgeous, gorgeous-looking cigars. It will come as a box of 10. It is definitely, I mean, you have it, have it at your home, please. It's also an incredible gift set, but these run about $30, $35 a smoke, right? Now, in terms of the size, 7 by 64 there's a lot there, and because it tapers, I will tell you I do not smoke 64 ring gauge cigars. It's totally uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable in the mouth. To, to, it's just it's. Are, are you chewing on it? What, what am I supposed to do here? But the fact that this tapers down, I would say this tapers down into more of a 58, uh, and that's a for me a, a very very uh, comfortable size. Right, I can do a lot with that. Uh, I think that part of the draw issue in the beginning was because you started this very, very tiny foot right where you light it from. Right. And then it opens up into this 64. So you're really – you've got this small little window of, of air you can draw through. And then it opens up uh, ki- kind of nicely. Um, a flavor profile on this – you see, I am not – I'm not feeling – the um, I'm not feeling spice. What I am getting from this is cream. That's what I'm getting. This is this is. I want to have a cup of coffee with this so badly. And I will admit, and while we, we we talk bourbon, we talk whiskeys, we talk gins, we talk rums. I'm getting more and more into rum with 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 my cigar. Coffee to me is the absolute all time pairing 
all-time pairing. Well, I agree with you on the size. Uh, last night I smoked a uh, Nestor Miranda, Connecticut. Okay. Nice, uh, simple the, smoke. The Grand Toro, though, is a 6x60. And, um, you know, when you get into the the ring gauge, like, the, this, because it tapers, it, it's got a nice feel to it in your hand. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of cherry notes on this, too. Are you getting that? Not as of yet. Absolutely not. But always remember with a cigar, you gotta, you got to break it down. Break it down into thirds. The first third, the second third, and the final third. As you smoke a cigar, different flavors will come up, and I cannot... Listen, I love cigars, and what I really love is the art of cigars. How this is designed, how this is is put together, the work here, uh, you know, that, that was done is, is absolutely exceptional. That's the stuff that I love, right? Uh, there are people with incredible palates, better palates than mine. I can only tell you what I like in a cigar, whether I think there's a value uh, to the cigar. And if I'm asked, you know, do you have a favorite? No, I actually don't have a favorite uh, a, a, a cigar. I just, I just don't. I like to try uh, different things, but I do find myself tending towards the leathers, the dirts, those coffee flavors, things like that. And that's why I'm enjoying this. But I think this, from its first third into the second, is going to change because as it's tapering down, it's creating a little bit more intensity as you're getting into it, and that's going to create a different draw kind of characteristic, and then some different flavors will shine shine well, through. That's that's where I was going to go with this, is because you know we're not even we're barely into the first third. Oh no, and, yeah, we just started. I mean, we just started, and you read some reviews, and they talk about. Uh, Maybe some licorice notes, and I'm not getting any of that yet. But we just started. Yeah, uh, and so it's so funny if you if you read reviews, and and I have nothing against the reviews, and there's some great, some really really bright reviewers out there. Understand that they're giving you their thoughts. They are not giving you the definitive thought. Eat, drink, smoke. What we do here each each and every week is not about giving you the definitive word on bourbon or cigars or food or, or anything. It's to give you an idea of what's out there and, and to describe to you what it is we're experiencing. You experience it differently? Just tell us. I, I want to hear. I want to hear how you're experiencing it. You can go to Twitter uh, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke or go to Facebook, Eat, Drink, Smoke on Facebook, and then tell us what you think of, of what it is we're viewing and what it is uh, that we're going over. Now, very often we talk about cigars here as, you know, is it a golf course cigar? The answer is no. This is not a cigar for the golf course. I like to keep cigars to the golf course under $10. Mm-hmm. I very much am a fan of the box press for the, the golf course. And I think that there are a lot of cigars that people would be like, oh, that's too cheap. You got to rethink it. Do not look at price as a determination of whether or not it is good. First, the only person who can figure this out is you. You are the only person who knows if a cigar is good. Nobody else knows this for you. And secondly, there are a lot of things that we have reviewed, Fingers Malloy, in that $8 range that right. we're like, okay, that, that, that's in our humidor right now. But that's I, in our humidor. I like to golf, and I like to smoke a cigar while I golf. And you're right, the box press is great for golfing. And the other thing, too, I know some guys are able to keep their cigar in their mouth darn near the whole time they're playing. Mike Ditka. Oh, Mike Ditka. You see Mike Ditka. <laughs> He's over a putt. He's got the cigar in his mouth. He's taking puffs. I'm not that guy kind of guy. I will take the, the uh, cigar out, shoot yeah. my shot, and I want to be able to pick it up and not have to relight it. The other thing is is that sometimes we'll say, okay, not for the, cigar, for the golf course, but for after the golf game. This is also not for that. This is for your back deck with a friend. Yes. This is for or this is a solo. And I'm really not that much of a solo cigar smoker. I like to be around people. 
Um, but I do it. Of course I do it. This is a cigar to take some time with, to kind of fully like engage with, appreciate the art of it. So don't bring this one to the golf course. Keep this one for when you've got two hours on your back deck or on the patio or even in the garage and a light rain is falling and check it out for yourself. This is the La Flor Dominicana. Uh, this is the, the Salomon. S-A-L-O-M-O-N. The Salomon Unico. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. So finally, the factories are reopening because cigar factories around the globe, because of coronavirus, all had to close. And slowly but surely, they're starting to open back up. Eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. We're here broadcasting from Indianapolis, Indiana. Blend Bar Cigar is where we record from. It's a gorgeous day. So we came outside to do the broadcast. Uh, so many places are finally opening back up. Uh, and it's, it's, you might go to your local cigar shop and be like, hey, where is everything? Well, first... The amount of back order has got to be absolutely positively through the roof. And secondly, uh, that back order is going to be there for a, a, a while, right? It's going to be pretty large. You take a look at General, right? One of the largest cigar manufacturers in the world. Their largest cigar factory is in Santiago uh, in, in, the, in, in the Dominican. They say that they're operating at capacity. They are operating at the time or at the speed that they were before the outbreak. So you're going to find a lot of your cigars are getting back uh, to the shelves. Uh, other places, um, they may still only be uh, at 50 percent at, at uh, right there. Uh, you take a look at the Arturo Fuente people. Uh, they resume production only on uh, in, in the beginning of May. So, you know, that's that's it's going to take time to ramp up. And were they were they at like 100 percent at the start or were they only at 50 percent? So be very, very patient with your local cigar shop, right? Take some time, take some time with them and use it as an opportunity uh, to, to try some other things. Because for me, I don't understand the, hey, I only smoke one kind of cigar. I don't get it. I've never understood that. There's too much art here and too much enjoyment here uh, to it. And not only are the cigar manufacturers reopening, Vegas has reopened, and no one is happier than gambler extraordinaire Fingers Malloy. Just overjoyed that Vegas is back open. Oh, isn't it fantastic? Happy day, happy day, happy day. <laughs> but here's the thing that's really strange. You know, we've gone through this this whole lockdown throughout the entire country, well, throughout the entire world, Tony, and you're starting to see footage from Vegas, and you're seeing people partying and in pools, and it's like seeing Bigfoot. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like, oh my gosh, what is that? It's it's two people sitting next to each other in a swimming pool. When we and we actually talked about this in a previous uh, podcast that, that you can find at Eat Drink Smoke, uh, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We saw the whole Lake of the Ozarks thing, right? So with the Lake of the Ozarks and people were out partying and and oh they were swimming together and people were like it's a human petri dish. Oh, everyone's gonna get coronavirus and then. The, there have been zero, zero reported cases. And I think it leads people saying, well, what's real? What isn't? What can we believe? What, what don't we believe? But everyone that does accept the fact that eventually society has to open, right? You can't, you can't go on like I this. I don't know. You're starting to see people already uh, getting a little squeamish because the numbers are starting to spike in a few states. And there's talk 
about another lockdown. Now, I don't oh, think I don't think Americans oh, are going to put up oh. with that again. I, I I don't think that they can. And I and I would look if I'm being asked, I I don't want them to. I want people being safe and being smart. There's an interesting quote in in, in an article from a guy, uh, Scott O'Robin, who is uh, VitalVegas.com. And he says, people aren't being reckless. They're just, they just aren't as paranoid as I'd expected. And I think that's the truth. I don't think people are being reckless. Okay, maybe there were the people in New York. The best was that big ship. It's called the Naval Ship Comfort, the U.S. Naval Ship Comfort. It's this floating hospital. It's really incredible. And they needed more hospital beds. So the, so, uh, the president sends it in to, uh, to, to, to the harbor there. And people lined up shoulder to shoulder to see it come in uh, and, and, and dock. It's like, how can you be shoulder to shoulder? This was what March, April or something like that. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? So people aren't doing that, but it's like, it's the whole mask conversation. You know, I got asked the other day, what do you think about people wearing masks in public? And I'm like, I don't care if people wear masks in public. My issue is whether or not you think a government can require you to wear a mask. If culturally, Society says, if you're sick, wear a mask. Well, we see Asian cultures doing this all the time. It's a totally rational thought. If you're sick and you don't want to give it to somebody else, you wear a mask. I don't think that that's weird. I don't know if it will fully take hold in America, but I don't think the idea of that conceptually is weird at all. It's very, very different than when a government agency decides to tell you you have to wear a mask. That's where pushback should be. But if an individual shop says you have to wear a mask to come in here. Like Costco had this whole thing, right? You right. have to wear a mask. People are like, I'm not wearing a mask. This is America. It's America, and they own Costco. Right. And you don't have to get the buck fifty hot dog. Uh, how about Menards, the box uh, home improvement stores, uh, requiring people to wear a mask, and they don't, if you don't have one, well, they'll sell you one for a buck. I have zero problem <laughs> with that. Am I the only guy who has no problem with no, that whatsoever? It's a private business. If they want that to be the policy, fine. Listen, I wear a mask um, because I feel like I've talked to people in the store that work there, and right. it makes them feel better that their customers are wearing masks. Have, have you had those conversations? Yes, I have. I, I actually said, I asked a, a clerk, I said, does it make you feel better that customers are wearing masks? And she said, yes, it does. So it, to me, it's a small sacrifice. But I was one of those people, I forgot to take my mask off, and I drove halfway home with my mask on. So I was one of these people that <laughs> people were pointing in at going, car. in your car. Yeah. In your car wearing a mask. <laughs> All right, I admit, that's, that to me is a bit awkward. Uh, I don't wear a mask in public. Um, I, the only time I've worn a mask is with, uh, you know, of course we do eat, drink, smoke. And then fingers Malloy has a, has a radio show in, in based in Michigan. And I have a morning show, uh, in Indianapolis. So with the morning show, uh, we were doing these drops, food drops to hospitals, food, snacks, dinners, all sorts of stuff. And when I was seeing them, I never went into the, I wouldn't go into a hospital. That was, that's a ridiculous idea, but we'd meet people outside and we'd talk and and I wore a mask for that. Uh, I have not worn a mask uh, for any other reason, any other purpose. And when you talk to the hospital where people, whether it's administration or whether it's doctors or nurses, they'll all tell you the same thing. Oh, people don't know how to wear masks. Right. Nobody knows how to wear a mask. Right. It's 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 ridiculous. I've seen uh, Vegas personalities who do videos on YouTube saying, okay, you're, you can wear a mask in a casino. And, if, hey, if you need a drink, just take the mask off and they'll grab it underneath their chin and lift it up. It's like, okay, you just contaminated your mask. Right. They don't know how to do it. By the way, uh, would you go to Vegas right now? In a heartbeat. Yeah, I would too. I, I, I would not be afraid to go to Vegas at all. I'd be, I, I'd be, I, I would feel it's cleaner now than ever before. And, I, and I'm very curious to see where the best practices go on 
room cleanliness, on pool cleanliness, on, on how they deal with food, specifically the whole buffet world, and people are trying to figure that out right now. Oh, yeah. I would absolutely feel good about going. We should, we should go to Vegas. Yes, please. Okay. All right. I, 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 will, I, will, uh, I will steal someone's credit card and buy tickets. <laughs> Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke on Facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke. La Flor Dominicana, the Salomon Unico, or is it Unico? All right. Sometimes my pronunciations aren't the best, but the cigar is fantastic. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy right there. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke. That's what we're smoking. Little Gomez has uh, done beautiful work here. This is a 7-inch by 64. 7 by 64. 7 inches long. 64 is the ring gauge. How thick the cigar is around. We've been smoking this uh, for about 45 minutes now and getting in to uh, the uh, the second third. Really, this is, this is a long cigar. And this is why I say this is not for the golf course. It's not even for after the golf course in terms of there at the, at the clubhouse. This is for your back deck. This is for something you take a little time with. And and enjoy and very much. Uh, there's a creaminess to this, and, and it's funny. It's 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 Dominican through and through. And the Dominicans usually get me into that more spice place, into that more pepper place. Uh, this is is much more. Uh, there's a creaminess here. There's a cocoa kind of thing going on, and I, this would pair, I think, just wonderfully with coffee. I would do this with a French press. And and just adore it. And you know the, the the French press is the thing where you basically steep it like you would a tea. So it's coffee grounds that you put at the bottom. Then you add hot water and you let it steep. And then the the French press is this this screen that's inside and you slowly, not quickly, because if you do it quickly, the coffee grounds get around. You end up drinking coffee grounds. You slowly push down on the plunger. And what you're doing is, is you're moving all the coffee grounds to the bottom. So when you pour the coffee, you're just getting the straight coffee. But you let it steep there and you let it that do the work. When you don't use a drip coffee maker, and I, listen, I, I love a, a drip coffee maker. It, it's great. I actually have to use it because too much of something like a French press, what happens is that the French press, it leaves all the oils. The paper, the filter catches a lot of those oils so you miss out on some of the richness and some of the true flavors that the coffee bean has to offer that the roaster was going for in making the coffee so i think a french press here to really get the fullness of a coffee and really depending on your kind of coffee to to go with this would be it and so i the reason i can't do it is that if i do too much french press the upset stomach it just oh it just rips you apart i i love using a french french press for cold brew I mean, it's fantastic for cold brew. You let it set there for for twelve hours. You press it. You pour. It's fantastic. And now there, you can do French presses. Sometimes you'll see something called an Aero press. A E R O. It's it's plastic, but it actually does make really really good coffee. It truly does. And so that's what we're smoking. I'm enjoying it. Now the question is, how does it pair with our bourbon? The bourbon we've been doing today is the Baker's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's seven years minimum. This bottle is actually eight years and six months. It's 107 proof. I'm usually not a big proof guy, and I consider 107 proof big proof. I I very much enjoy what I've got here. Uh, from from uh, the, this this bourbon, it's the mash bill seventy seven percent corn, thirteen percent rye, and ten percent malted uh, barley. I do get those baking uh, spices, and I get that hit of vanilla, which sometimes 
cheats me into where uh, a coffee is because I like a creamier coffee. I, I do. Uh, the pairing is is solid. I don't know if it's my favorite pairing, right? Everybody's a little bit different. Like one of the things you talked about, Fingers, was are you do you get cherry off of this? According to Cigar Aficionado, you get cherry off this cigar. I haven't gotten that. I do that. on the exhale, just a, a hint of it. I would love to tell you more about the pairing, but my my bourbon's already gone. Uh, so there's I will that. tell you this. We did a big rock, right? I prefer a sphere because I think it actually melts better and actually stays uh, colder longer in, in, in shape. The rock was too big for me. I'm a little too watered down here, right? Yeah, you just like to do a uh, chip or two, a nice chip. Right. right. It's really what I like to do. Give me a chill. Take some of the sting away uh, and leave the rest. Um and I, and I will tell you, it's one of the reasons I started to kind of touch my way into rums. And we're going to do a bunch of rum reviews and get into them. But this, because just that sweetness, I think, more is, is, is my style. But do I like the Bakers? Yes, I do. I do like the Bakers. And this is oddly the first time I've had it. This is the first time I've had uh, the, the, the Bakers. We, we do a lot of bourbon. We've reviewed uh, a lot of bourbon. Some things we've loved and some things we've literally thrown away. Thrown the bottle away. Done. We can't, can't have that. It's a lovely combination, uh, these two. But if I'm asked, this cigar is a coffee cigar beginning to end. I'm very, very impressed. And there's still another hour plus to go yeah. on this cigar. We're going to be here a while. Let's hit a couple news stories, shall we, Fingers? Well, we talked about Zoom previously, and now let's talk about Twitter and its relationship with China. Uh, Twitter removed 170,000 state-backed accounts based in China. It also removed, by the way, 8,000 state-backed accounts in Turkey and Russia. 8,000. 8,000, 8, yeah. State-backed accounts there. Yeah, I think people started to understand that the weirdness of social media is that, first, people use it to move stories, not move the truth. They use it to move propaganda. Uh, uh, you'll often hear us discuss narrative. I think one of the biggest problems with media today is the idea of narrative over story. They don't like something or they like something, so they engage stories that allow them to move the story. And one of the things that social media has done has given people – like people thought social media was going to end newspapers and end television. Don't get me wrong. Newspapers have been damaged seriously and severely, and it's been awful. No more local reporting because they can't afford it. No more copy copy editors so nobody knows where to put the oxford comma for the love of the lord it's it's a it's a it's a real problem but one of the things that we've seen and and fingers you 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 talk about this actually more than anybody i know is that what the news organizations have done is they take social media and they'll take three tweets and they'll decide that's a story and then that's how they move narrative. It used to be 15, 20 years ago, they would conduct a poll and turn it into news. Now they don't have to even do that anymore. They will just latch on to a story and try to craft a narrative based on social media reaction. And like you said, Tony, a lot of times it'll only be three or four tweets. And they'll run with it if it fits the narrative they're trying to push. So it's... It's not that it's not that you agree or disagree with the politics, right? Uh, there's going to be plenty of time for that. It's the idea of again, is this what we want? Well, I'm thrilled with the removing of these kinds of of bots, and it should go to show everybody that never mind media narrative kind of stuff. You clearly have other nations that want to screw with other nations right. by utilizing social media in in this way. I'm I'm glad that they've done it, and it's one of the reasons why you got to. You got to check, double check, and recheck 
everything. If you read a tweet and decide that's news, man, you're, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Well, I think part of the debate is, should they be eliminating anybody's Twitter account? Should it be free form? Anyone can tweet, or should they be able to? Well, they can because Bots? they're a private company. Bots are different than people. That's my take. Mm-hmm. Bots are different than people. So, and governments are different than people. So, when it comes from China and you're talking about the Communist Party, yeah, I, I think it's okay. I think when you're talking about Russia and 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 bots coming coming directly from Vladimir Putin. Yes, I, I, I think that that's all right. That's a lot different than trying to, uh, you know, uh, censor a, a Joe Rogan or a Ben Shapiro or a Dave Rubin or, or a Kira Davis or, or, or something like that, right? I think it's very, very different in how those two uh, things work. Louisville, Kentucky has banned the use of the controversial no knock warrants and named a new ordinance for Brianna Taylor, who was fatally shot by officers who burst into her home. Now, I know, of course, so many people talking George Floyd and and right, rightfully so. The Brianna Taylor story actually happened before, before George Floyd and didn't get play. And I never understood why, because officers were coming to serve a warrant. They were in the wrong place. It was the wrong house. The guy they were looking for had actually already been arrested. So they don't knock and identify themselves. They bust down the door. And then the boyfriend has a firearm, legally, by the way. He has invaders. He shoots. Brianna Taylor, who's this award-winning EMT, right, helping, serving her, her, her city, dies in the fire, in, 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 in the shooting. It's as awful of a story as the day is long. And not only has Louisville done this, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky has got it on the federal side to end no-knock warrants. I'm a supporter of police. I support putting an end to the no-knock. And and it's that you have the right to your home. You really, truly do. And I think there are law enforcement guys who are going to disagree with me and say, Tony, you don't understand how important this is and being able to to find people in the act and... and they're going to make their argument. I admit I always side with the citizen. The citizen comes first, really and truly. And so if we're talking about, I think, policies that create a safer citizenry, I think this is one of them. Oh, people are going to disagree with me and agree with me, and that's fine. Twitter, at Tony Katz, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio, and, and tell me what you think. But in the end, I, I always look to what is the right of the citizen? The citizen comes first, not police departments. That's not anti-police. I don't like what I'm seeing about this anti-police push uh, that we're seeing. That's, that's not going to help anybody. It's not, certainly not going to make anybody uh, safer. But you should identify yourself when, 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 you're, when you're serving a warrant. And if that makes the job of the police harder, I get it. But it makes the citizen safer and protects their rights. That is always, always, always where I stand. Uh, so we're going to see if this starts happening in other places around uh, the, the country. Eat, drink, smoke on Facebook, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. Twitter, go eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. Be right back. So KFC is ruining people's lives. It's, <laughs> it's not the chicken. The chicken's just fine, although I will tell you I have had two very unfortunate associations with KFC. I'm saying it was me. I would never insult the colonel. That way, Tony Katz here. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Great to be with you. That's Fingers Malloy. KFC is getting rid of their secret recipe fries. 
So I guess they they're potato wedges, right? Yes, that's what I've never had one. You never had a KFC potato wedge? I just told you I had two very yeah. unfortunate experiences with KFC. <laughs> one, one, I was a Boy Scout at Boy Scout camp, and they brought in KFC for everybody to eat. And then I went to bed, and I threw up in the tent. <laughs> now, it was the tent. It was, it, it was like one of those wood slatted things, almost like a yurt, right? And I could have just turned the other way and gone outside. Nope, not me. <laughs> right in the middle of the tent. It was really bad. The second one was, I guess, in the past like decade. I forget, but I also, I also felt, I, I, honestly, it was me, and that's all there is to it. Because we have actually reviewed KFC fried chicken before. Right. The, the regular versus the extra crispy, and, and did, did a whole thing, and we checked it against Popeyes and a, a oh, couple of things. Doesn't that seem like many moons ago, the whole chicken sandwich at Popeyes? Those were a simpler time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It really is. So now they're. Get, I'm looking at the picture, and I'm like, I'll eat those. They look great, but why are they get? Why are they getting rid of it? Is it that they no one wants them, or do they think that it's just too much work? Well, here's the deal. You see these restaurants do this. I was upset. Wendy's used to have the best fries, in my opinion, other than McDonald's, of course. Right. And then they switched to the natural cut fries. And I know people love natural cut fries, and I just love the old Wendy's fries. You want the chemicals. Yeah, you want exactly. it Exactly. Of course. I'm an American. We want, <laughs> we want chemicals in our food. We want it processed. But uh, you're seeing diehard KFC customers who love their potato wedges, and they're upset. I, right. I, look, they're great. Now, I haven't had a McDonald's fry in a bajillion years. They're different now, right? They used to be better. You yeah. know, if you're, if you're a Gen Xer, growing up, McDonald's fries were a treat and a joy and a dream come true. And from what I hear, they're, they're, not, as, they're not what they used to be. Is it that we're getting older, Tony? Is that oh, what it is? The hell it, with you, oh, man. Is it, oh, you hear it all the time. Oh, it ain't what it used to be. I know. I've, oh, I'm also that guy. Get off my lawn. I'm that guy. <laughs> but that's what I hear. But like, even with like the, the, the Wendy's thing, I couldn't care less at whether if the fry is exactly the same. As long as I'm dipping it in the Frosty, nothing right. matters. Right. That's the dream moment. The Frosty is a world-class, brilliant, brilliant creation. And as long as I'm – it doesn't even if – if I'm eating a Wendy's burger – Right. And, and uh, I dip it in the frosty. That's all I'm looking to do. So the fry is just a, a delivery vehicle for, for the frosty. Have That's you had the frosty float? The what? The frosty float. What the hell's a frosty float? Vanilla frosty with root beer. Uh, I have not had it. It intrigues me, but I admit that I'm a purist. And if I'm getting a frosty, I'm not even getting a vanilla, chocolate frosty. Sure. And you're not dipping your fries in a float. No, I'm certainly not. You, you get a soggy fry that way. Mm-hmm. I don't want any of that. But I, I, I guess no more potato wedges, so run now before it's too late. Barstool Sports has, is just a remarkable, remarkable group of people. I do not know Dave Portnoy personally. Uh, one day, i got to have a bourbon uh, with him. Actually, very friendly with Joey Molinaro, one, one of their guys. Well, David Portnoy makes a lot of news because he does these videos and follow him on Instagram and, and very honest and forthright and, and he just, he understands the culture, I think, very, very well. And there was this interesting article uh, on, on Fox Business about how Dave Portnoy at Barstool leads an army of new traders into the stock market. And it's about the idea that with coronavirus, and people have been like, well, I've got no sports to bet on. I've got no sports to watch. I've got nothing to do. I could bet on stocks. 
It's going up. It's going down. You might, it's, it's, you might as well just watch the game. And But it's about this whole idea that more and more people are getting into the day trading kind of uh, kind of thing. And his point was, is uh, I'm having fun, and as long as we're still kind of with nothing else to do, I'll keep day trading. Have you, st- have you done day trading? No, I haven't. I flirted with the idea several years ago of investing in penny stocks. Right. To see, oh, oh boy, it's 11 cents a share. Right. The, o- the OTC stuff. And by the way, we're not suggesting stocks no. of any kind whatsoever. We are not stock professionals. No. If you ever meet us, you'll be like, oh, yeah, those guys don't know what they're talking about. But I briefly thought about doing that because, listen, you, you brought it up earlier when we were talking about Vegas. I like to gamble. So that's – Do you like to gamble or do you really, really like I to gamble? I really, really like to gamble. So I thought, oh, this is a – Interesting way to gamble. Put a hundy down on some penny stocks and see what happens. But, uh, you know, ADD, I lost interest in. I, I think I have an account somewhere with uh, the ability to buy some penny stocks, but I haven't done it. So, no, I have not done any day trading, that's for sure. I have come to the place where I accept the fact that I can't figure out the market at all. I can't. So the investing that I do, and for years I didn't do anything. You know, I I lost everything in, in the downturn in, in in 08 and 09. I lost the company. I lost the house. I lost everything. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to to battle your your way back. So the investing I do now is retirement stuff. And while I don't mind it being a bit aggressive, um, individual stocks and playing that day trading stuff is not what I do. If I'm going to buy something. It's 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 a hold. It's like in the in the crypto world, a hodler. Do you know what a hodler no, is? No, I do not. H O D L stands for hold on for dear life. <laughs> so Bitcoin people are are hodlers. So they hold on for dear life. And so when I first got into it, I saw some other cryptos. I'm like, oh, this is playing. This I'll do that. Oh, forget it. Oh, hodler uh, sounds like a Lord of the Rings thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was the cousin of Frodo. <laughs> I I so that stuff is there and slowly doing a little bit here here and there. But I, I can't. And I, I, I mean, bless the people who can do it. I just know that I can't. I know that it's not for me. But someone one day is going to teach me why it's, it's just fine. But I get the idea that people are like, I have nothing else to do. So doing, so doing this. And you take a look at the markets. And the, we- the weirdest thing in the world is how the market, Wall Street, does not represent Midwest Main Street. They're two very, very different things. The, the pain on Midwest Main Street from not being able to reopen because of coronavirus and from the economic downturn and how things are with employees, man, that's going to be a while. It's, they don't match up. But if you talk to guys, they're like, oh, no, no. What's happening with the market is the proof that the underpinnings are, are, are fine. I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if the underpinnings are fine or if people are like, you know what? We're not even going to pay attention. We just know that there's money to be made and we're doing it. So I think that disconnect is real. I think it does get people worried. But, but in the main, I think, the, I think people feel good about where the economy can come back to. It was the Baker's. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 107 proof, minimum seven years. That was uh, the bourbon, $55, $60 a bottle. I'm and buying it. I'm are you? Uh, yep, I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's it's very very good. I admit the cube was too much. The cube was too big. It watered down too much for me. I liked it neat. Then I preferred it on the rock, but I would try it with a couple ice chips next time. And the cigar, La Flor Dominicana. This is the Salomon Unico U N I C O. Um just now into the final third of this. There has been an intensity build, right? Especially as the cigar is tapering down a little bit. Um 
very, very pleased. Uh, now going to do it with this final third with coffee. I want to see what that pairing is and how it comes uh, together. What do you think of the cigar? What do you think of the bourbon? Tell us, facebook.com slash eatdrinksmoke. On Twitter, go eatdrinksmoke. That's Fingers Malloy, fingersmalloy.com. Find me at tonycats.com. And, of course, this is Eat Drink Smoke.